Glad you watched. Yeah, I don't know why. I, okay, I, I, uh, I, it's just, I, sure, it's okay. I, okay. <laughs> you and you and a million other people. It's about it, though. Probably hot, only a million. Hot takes. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. We'll start with the, my favorite and most awkward moment. Hugh Grant. Here's what normally happens: your your manager's agents or the film producers uh, push you off to the side, and you have to do the red carpet. You don't want to do the red carpet, you got to do the red carpet. And normally, the while well, the person's standing there, either they'll have a list of who's coming up and the questions they want them to ask, or um, a producer will come up, oh, coming up next, make sure you get Hugh Grant, get Hugh Grant. So Hugh Grant sort of pulled off to the side, you know, like the, you know, when trucks lose their brakes, they've got that breakdown lane, it's all sand, they go flying yeah. off, okay. So Hugh Grant has lost his brakes, he's over there, he's just standing there. And he's going to be interviewed by this woman. Um, and uh, he... Uh, Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars. And you've been here a few times. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Okay. Favorite thing. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Uh, you mean, what should he have said? I mean, or? anytime he'd be like, what's your favorite? What's the craziest thing that's ever happened or whatever? Then you're like, Ugh. On the spot, you know. You, I know. You, they don't, I he know. has no time to prepare for this. And what's he supposed to say? Looking at the ladies? I mean, what's he going to say? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, It's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Okay, so she, here's the first breakdown. He's talking about Vanity Fair, the novel, right? By, mm-hmm. uh, what's the guy named? Bill Thatchery or something like that. Vanity Fair, the novel. And she thinks he's talking about Vanity Fair, the party. After party. After right. party. So now immediately, the date's not going well. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see. Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um, not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight, then? Uh, <sighs> <laughs> She's desperate. So desperate. <sighs> he doesn't tell you what he... Doesn't looking forward to anything. He... Is not rooting for anybody. Not anybody's going to say out loud. And then, what are you wearing? Uh, just my suit. Your suit? What yeah. major suit? You didn't make it. Uh, oh, God, she's really grasping. <laughs> you didn't make it. Andrew, get out that uh, your little sound for me on this. Would you please? You know what I'm talking about. Back it up a little bit. Give you a little chance to work. I'm going subtle. It's her, not him. Her. Of humanity is here. It's uh, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? <laughs> She's panicking. She's got a rough stomach. Um, not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay, well... 
What are you wearing tonight, then? Uh, just my suit. Your suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Um, I can't remember. My tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta- shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in glass? By the way, there's one stop. There's 20 more seconds. Do you think this time is moving quickly for her or slowly for her? Is it moving faster for Hugh Grant or slower for Hugh Grant? It's the time warp occurring at this point. Who do you uh, think is just... experiencing this more and and in more pain, her or him? Um, I think it's in slow motion for both of them at this point. Okay. But I think it, it has to be worse for her. Yes. Because she's the one that's supposed to be getting these answers. And I guess she's been told... She'll be told in her ear when to wrap it up and move on to the next person, and she hasn't been told that, so she is just dancing yeah. as fast as she, she can. She doesn't sound like she. It sounds like she's eating something that doesn't agree with her too. Hold Onion, on. Onion, yeah. it was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. <laughs> How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right. Back to you guys. Oh. He's so glad he's gone. That's <laughs> like a Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, you go to do an interview with him. He would do those junkets. He didn't want to do them, but they they forced them to do the junkets. That's what the you know interviewed be by a hundred people, all asking the same questions. They're staying at the Four Seasons Hotels in Beverly Hills. They sit in this room, and he was so bored, and he hated them so much. But he went on them because they would give you a front end of the 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 box office if you did the junkets. So that's how you made more money, right? So, because that's the only way they could get them to do the junkets, because it's it's mind numbing. It's the same questions over and over and over. What was it like working with? Why this script? What was your favorite part of that letter? So he would fall asleep in between uh, people that were interviewing him. And Mimi Gann, who was on Evening Magazine with me, she walks in. She's very sweet, and so she sits down in the chair. And you're sitting like eight inches away from the person's knees, and he has his arms crossed and his head is tilted slightly forward, that Tommy Lee Jones face, and he's sleeping. (laughs) And nobody wanted to wake him up. So she's just sitting there and he's got his eyes closed. He's not snoring, but he's just, he's resting his eyes. (laughs) It's like the first 30 seconds she didn't say anything. And finally he kind of opens his eyes one eye at a time, looks at her and he goes, okay, go ahead. I was beginning of the interview. I mean, they have nothing to lose at this point. They've already made the movie. They made the movie like a year and a half before. Yep. They're trying to figure out what stories they can tell. Well, they haven't even seen the movie. They they haven't seen the movie. Yeah, Yeah. that's the other one. Okay. And then Hugh Grant goes on to do a, uh, he's giving out an award with Addie McDowell. I guess he was in, was he in the brides or weddings? Four four weddings and a funeral, I believe. Okay. All right, here he goes. Lovely to be here. It is lovely. Uh, We're actually here to do two things. The first is to raise awareness about the vital importance of using a good moisturizer. (laughs) Andy has been wearing one every day for the last 29 years. I've never used one in my life. Still stunning. uh, Basically a scrotum. Hmm. Okay, Doesn't play well on the radio. (laughs) So gross. Jacob. Were you thinking to destroy this show with the use of that word? Um, I, Sherry, Sherry seemed to request. I don't know. I, I, I understood her bringing it up as wanting to to play that. Hot shake, hot take from Sherry. 
Susan. I thought, yes, pipe down. I thought that it would be, it was like a recovery for Hugh Grant. You know, he got a big laugh out of that. Oh, okay. Well, Teeny, when you heard it, what did you think? I got real sad. Me too, Teeny. (laughs) Me too. Anything you want to say to Teeny? No, nothing. Okay. Nothing Okay, bye. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was there. Yes. She got an award for Best Supporting Actress. I know it looks like I'm standing up here by myself, but I am not. I am hundreds of people. I'm hundreds of people. I am the, where are the Daniels? Daniels, Jonathan, Leyline, the entire crew, my bae Michelle, Key, Steph, the entire art group of artists who made this movie, we just won an Oscar. Um, to my dream team, um, my agent Rick Kurtzman, Alan Wertheimer, Heidi Schaefer, Sean James, Grace Ahn, Jane Ross, we just won an Oscar. To my family, my beautiful husband, Christopher Guest. All right. I like Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? Andrew? Sure. Oh. No? All right. Too bad. Waiting for Guffman? Wow, silence. None of these names mean anything to Uh, me. Moving on. Our daughters, Annie and Ruby. Annie and Ruby. Anything? Andrew? Nope. Who are they? They're her daughters. There you go. (laughs) My sister Kelly, we just won an Oscar. To all of the... People who have supported the genre movies that I have made for all these years, the thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. We just won an Oscar together. Hot take. Thank you. And my mother and my father were both nominated for Oscars in different categories. I just won an Oscar. That's Jamie Lee Curtis, by the way, five foot seven. She has a size nine shoe, and she is not uh, hermaphrodite. All right. <laughs> well, there's rumors, but I don't think that's true. Oh, another hot take from Hugh Short. <laughs> Jeez, why why are we playing her? Because people said that she didn't deserve it. Yeah, so the the controversy comes because Angela Bassett was up for her work in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and they felt that, I guess, Jamie Lee Curtis's role in the movie she was in was very minimal, oh. and that she they felt like this was kind of a lifetime, you know, sometimes they give the war, award, not necessarily for that particular performance, but for sort of a collective, you know, oh, yeah, for all yeah. of the, and, and I don't really know Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, what, Halloween? I mean, uh, whatever, but um, she, people felt like Angela Bassett got robbed. Uh Um, And also the young lady that played the daughter in the movie that Jamie Lee Curtis was in, she played an immigrant daughter and her performance was very good and it was a much larger role. Uh Uh-huh, okay. So uh, people are upset, thought it wasn't deserved. Um, What do you, this is one person, what do you mean Jamie Lee Curtis over Angela Bassett and Stephanie Hugh like what the actual blank I'm blanked off. Oh, um, that's a shame. Well, yeah. hot take from that person over that is. Yeah. Um, and then Michelle, you, ye, you all. 
I don't know. Yo, She's an yo. actress. She uh-huh. takes a shot at Ta- Don Lemon. Yeah. For all the little boys and girls who look like me watching tonight, <laughs> this is a beacon of hope and possibilities. This is proof that dreams dream big and dreams do come true. And ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. Never give up. You know, I got to say something about the dream thing. You know, have a dream, dream big, do your dream, 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 you know, dreams, dreams come true, fight for your dreams. There's a lot of people that just have irrational dreams and it it's never going to come true. And, and it doesn't happen. And it right. doesn't happen. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that want to be in movies and stuff. Oh, I've got this dream. I'm going to be, and I'm never going to give up on my dream. And for whatever reason, you know, luck or fate or talent or whatever else that's happening, you make it. But there are so many people, that idea of you just dream and just never give up dreaming. Well, dreaming basically is an act of your subconscious while you're laying asleep, you know, and uh, you're drooling on your pillow. The other part is hard work. And how many people just really fight hard for a role or really fight hard? There was a story about a guy who tried to make it into the NFL. Or was it college? I forget the story of the guy. And I mean, he, it's an amazing story. And he tried out for this team and then he got a bus ticket and this and that. And I mean, I'll have to find the story. There are people that really, really, really work hard. Series of sacrifices and stuff. Just not dreaming. But I mean, it's the hard work that goes into it. So that's your shot. She takes it, Don Lemon, and then um, John Lemon did. Is this? Oh, then Don responded. Boy, this is like, hooray for Hollywood on the John Curly <laughs> Sherry Ellica show. Hold on, well, kids. He, he didn't huh? really respond. Oh, he they didn't. They played the clip, I guess, and right. then they sort of moved on past it. I don't know if he didn't know that she took a shot at him. Okay. Or if she, but this was what he had to say. I thought it was a particularly reaffirming, especially for Asian Americans, American actors, or just Asian Americans in the country. How about just actresses? I know. Oh, boy. I hate this. Considering the, the labeling a California is covering oh. the shootings there and the killings and every, all of the anti-Asian hate that has been going on. Oh, really, Don? Really? All the anti-Asian hate? So the shootings that occurred in California, both Asian shooters killing Asian people. Okay. In the country, especially since COVID, I thought it was a really oh, important yeah. and reaffirming moment for Asian Americans. And I uh, hope, that, you know, they yeah. feel it um, in this country and that everyone does. Oh, God, I hate it. When did we get back to just being people? I know. It was a big it, it was a big night of firsts for the oh. Asian community. Okay. And they made... A lot of, of uh, a big deal about all of that. Yeah, you know, and she was being awarded, right, and NPR said that she was a, she identifies as an Asian. <laughs> well, the re- I saw the historical reference of this. There was another woman who was Asian, but she passed as Right, she English. hid her ethnicity. Yes, back in the 1930s, 1938 right. or something like that. But, you know, yeah. still, you know, she identifies as Asian. <laughs> yeah. God. That's because she is Asian. <laughs> NPR. Duh. Bringing everybody down. <laughs> Get everybody in their boxes. But Jamie Lee Curtis with her nine foot, nine inch foot. Or she <laughs> identifies as somebody with a large foot. All right. <laughs> She's a big woman. Who doesn't want a few more inches? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Here we go. 
Bucky's. Thank you, Sherry. Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers with 16 locations. It's been around for 52 years. That's Bucky's. Take your car to Bucky's. Where should they take their car, Sherry? That would be to Bucky's. Uh, Sherry, I am in the that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Just save your list. Hot take from Sherry. Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Center. Uh, write to us at MyNorthwest.com. Come on in through the State Roofing text line if you'd like. My attorney, both Laura and Jim, are here in the studio. Lawyers. So I, we don't get sued. You can see them on the camera. Can you see them, Sherry? Can you? Can you? Can you? Let me see if I can. Um, I don't think I can see that. Ca- I don't think I can see your camera feed. Do you I realize can't. that this show brought these two crazy in love people together because they went to a Hales? We, Tom and I did a live broadcast over at Hales, and uh, they were. Did you go as a date? You went as a, a date. Okay, good. It wasn't like you met each other there. That's good. That would be weird. Like, I love John and Tom, too. So do I. Oh, my gosh. Hey, let's get married. Oh, you win as a date. Okay, good. Um, here's the story. So I had dinner with a dear, dear friend of mine. I absolutely love this guy. My father's, all my father's friends have passed. They were in heaven listening to my father's stories for the millionth time, which would be a form of hell. But um, but this, I love this guy. And uh, I won't say his name on the air because it's like, he's halfway through the story and he stops and he goes, oh, Christ, you're going to tell a story on the radio, aren't you? I said, oh, my God. I'll say his name is Bill. He goes, I said, i got to tell the story. It's such a great story. And it's because I said, you look tired. Where were you today? I drove to Okanagan. So Okanagan's three hours away. And um, I said, why'd you go there? Oh, I go to Okanagan three times a year. And I said, for what? And he launches into the story. He said, we grew up very, very, very poor. In a shack. No running water. And the people that were poorer than us was my aunt who lived not far from where we were. She didn't have much money and I was a little kid. And um, one day she said to me, Billy, I'm saving my money for a gravestone. I'm putting my money in the drawer in my bedroom, top drawer to the right. I'm putting all the money in there. I'm saving the money. So if I die and anybody asks, I want a nice gravestone. I want a nice one. The money's in the drawer. Bill put that aside and didn't think much of it. Then one day he was at school with a friend of his, and his friend said, Hey, I would like to get some candy. Bill said, I'd like some candy too. We don't have any money. Wait, wait, wait. Bill said, "I, I know where there's some money. It was in the afternoon, and his aunt wasn't home, and he went into her small little shack that she lived in and went over into the other room past the kitchen. There was only two rooms in the whole place, and there was the drawer. At the top of the drawer was the money. And he took $5 out. Now, it's 1944, so that's about $85 today. And he went to the store that sells everything there in Okanagan, a little general store. And he and his friends start filling their pockets with all of this candy. And the man that worked there leaned over and looked at the two kids suspiciously and said, where'd you get all that money? And Bill thought for a moment, uh, oh, oh, I had to buy batteries for my parents. He knew that batteries were one of the most expensive things. So the guy said, okay, fine, well then get the batteries and whatever you got money left over and sorted it all out. And uh, he ate the candy and his aunt passed. And then he said, 30 years later, he went back and bought the biggest gravestone he could find. He visits there three times a year Hmm. to clean the grave, 
and to leave fresh flowers. I never got a chance to say I was sorry. But, you know, maybe, uh, maybe that'll save me a place in heaven. I was like, God, Bill, that's a great story. Oh, God, Curly, you going to tell that story on your radio? I don't need people knowing about that. But luckily, he wrote a book, so it's already out there. But I just, um, touched by that idea of, you know, he, because he's in his 80s, so he still goes, because I guess he figures, you know, just such a wrong that he, even as a kid, you know, it's it stuck with him um, later. And then to go back, I said, can you see the, the gravestone? He goes, it's, you know, it's not the biggest one, but it's pretty big. So you might be able to see it from the road there at the uh, cemetery. Um, hmm. So did he ever figure that? Even though he feels guilty about stealing the money, had he not stolen the money, he mm-hmm. may not have had the motivation to give her what she always dreamed of. Right. Well, she was saving the money, and he said she was probably putting the money from her Social Security in that thing, and she would have been able to buy the gravestone. So I think what happened was she didn't have any money when she passed. So at that point, they would just give you, you know, everybody would get this little small marker. And that's not what she wanted. She wanted a nice headstone, and that's what she was saving her money for, right? So, you know, that's, she ended up with this little stone that they give everybody that doesn't have enough money or a pauper's grave, I guess it would be. So then there it is. So if you're ever in Okanagan and you go by a cemetery, you might see a slightly larger one that's there and there may be some fresh flowers if you're lucky. So how about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he has to th- consider the fact that, you know, he, he, in the end, made it up to her in a big way. Yeah, yeah, because he still keeps going. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. and 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 I and I mean, if he hadn't stolen that money, he may not have felt that the guilt. You know, wouldn't have been there, and maybe he'd say, "Well, you know, it was too bad she couldn't buy that headstone, but it just didn't happen that way." Mm-hmm. And now he did it, and she is looking down on that mm-hmm. and feeling like she. She got She's what like, she. You son of a bitch! Five dollars. Why I oughta? I shouldn't have told you it was a test the whole time. Um, <laughs> you know what's weird about gravestones are strange. Joe DiMaggio, married to Marilyn Monroe, I think it was every week would send a dozen roses to her grave, and he did it. I think every single week, and then one day he called up and canceled the order. And I mean, it was consistent for a long time. And then one day he just, they just, the phone at the floors rang and it was Joe or Joe's assistant saying, yeah, I think we're going to stop delivering the flowers. I wrote a poem about that. such a nice guy. I wrote a poem about that, Sherry. Oh, really? I'd like to do it for you now. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, (laughs) That's for Andrew for the music. Uh, He wasn't wasn't a nice guy? No, not at all. In fact, the famous scene. Okay, here's the sad music for Joe. Go ahead. So This is where Sherry trashes Joe DiMaggio. Right. She was married to him. He was an an alcoholic, and he was very violent. And that famous scene of her standing over the grate and, you know, her skirt blowing up and everything, uh, he was on the set that day when that was happening, and he didn't like it one bit. He was very upset that Mm -hmm. she was playing to the camera and that it was, you know, her skirt was blowing up and all of that stuff. And the legend goes that she went back to the hotel and he beat her 
because of that. And I believe that's when she filed for divorce. And they had to cover her makeup, you know, her makeup and everything because of what he did to her. No, he was not a good guy. Wow, bringing the whole show down, Sherry. Hey, uh, just yes. telling the truth. Until yeah, but, somebody but tells Andrew me that's used completely the same wrong. music that I was using. It <laughs> just sort of soiled my story. Right. It's not. Yeah. So it's a different vibe when there's an actual yeah. tra- trash. Yeah, because all of a sudden now he's, he's, t- he's taking my music and putting it on the. I thought we were going to hear a poem. <laughs> I, I, if I find that, what, a double, double sad horn? I got to find that poem. I we, wrote that. We do have someone texting in that I think is really misunderstanding the point of the story, and they ask, uh, "What's he? What did he do with the batteries?" <laughs> <laughs> right, because his parents are like, "What are you buying batteries for? We we don't have a pot to piss in. We don't have any reason. We don't even need batteries. We're so poor." Well, well. This audience, it's wasted on you. You understand, <laughs> you people? It's wasted on you. All right? That was really a pro- productive segment. Yeah, very it? productive. Yeah. All right. Variety to us is good and good for you. You write to us at mynorthwest.com. Come on into the State Roofing Text Line, one 97354 Come on, you can do it. A little oh. more energy. A little more, a little more, a little more. Seven, six. Good. Uh, <laughs> Jason Rance gets the oddest stories. Rance over there, KTTH. We appreciate Rance. And he is, by the way, he's coming out with a book. Did you know that? Really? Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. him. What? What's the book about? You, wait a minute. You love him? <laughs> yeah, Jason. Yeah, he's great. That's some sad music, please. Okay. You love him? You don't love him? I love him. Let's act like I'm not in the room for a moment. Okay. You and you and Jacob are talking, and Jacob okay. brings me up. Go ahead, Jacob. Okay. Hey, Sherry, did you? Um, I was just seeing a, a video that John sent me. Did you? Did you see that one? Uh, the one that Jason Rance has or, or talked about on his website? Yeah, I think that was the one. Oh, it's great! It's really funny. Jason always does stuff that's stop, kind of stop, unique. cut, cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob brought up my name. Right. And at that point, you should have gone, oh, I love him. <laughs> Pick it up. Yeah, we're going to try it again. Back to one. Here Thanks, we go, everybody. Shh. Roll speed and action. Hey, Sherry, how do you, uh, do you know John Curley? Yeah. Any any thoughts that jump to mind when I say that name? Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> All right, you know what, folks? We're going to just, I'll tell you what, we're going to take 10 and uh, we'll take a lunch break. And tell the band to stop. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jason Rance, who is secretly in love with Sherry as well. Uh, this is, somebody sent him this. We actually have sound of it. Oh, here's Mercer Island meeting. Mercer Island meeting. You can listen for the gasp. So they're all on a Zoom call. And then. Individuals wishing to address the council <gasps> may do so. Do you hear it? Yeah, undeniable. Individuals wishing to address the council may do so in person or by Zoom or telephone, provided they registered with the city clerk by 4 p.m. today. When it's your turn to speak, you'll be called by name. Remarks must be addressed to the council as a whole. Addressed as a council as a whole. Mm-hmm. What was the gasp about, Sherry? This councilman that was, that was, his camera was on. His fa- camera wasn't facing him, it was facing out. Uh-huh. He was in the Cayman Islands with the his. Council, you do so in. <laughs> 
Sorry. Either way, isolate just that gasp. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. He was in the Cayman Islands with his sister on a mission to rescue cats. And what they saw were a pair of bare legs cross over the camera. So they were, you know, bear, looking, B-A-R-E. Look. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they barely if they were an animal bear. That would, I, the gas would actually make more sense. Naked legs. Okay. okay Naked okay, legs. Naked got legs it. in front of the camera. Uh-huh. And people thought, oh, no. What? You know, <gasps> uh, turned, come to find out it was his sister. She was wearing shorts because it's very hot there. Uh-huh. And they were just kind of getting ready for the day. So no scandal, even though it did shock <gasps> somebody. Got it. And nobody else addressed it after that. But then that's the kind of stories that Jason Rance gets that makes women of your age fall in love with him. (laughs) Are you saying women of my age, meaning Don Lemon passed my prime? Or are you saying women my age that what? Ageless. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think Jason (laughs) Rance is really smart. He is. I'm not not taking that away from him. No, he is. He's a really good writer. I think he's great. He is. I'm God love him. God bless him on there on Fox all the time. And uh, yeah, his look book at that. coming out. Yep, yep. Superstar. Okay, not as... <laughs> <laughs> Talk is cheap, Sherry. I know why that. You know how I know that? Uh, how? Because I saw your paycheck the other day.